Welcome back, everyone, to The Strip Show. It is episode five, and it is me. It is I, the Stefan, and I am joined by Brandon, and we are back for another exciting episode, just thrilling. We are coming off Civil War. We have another horror movie to talk about, and we're going to review Civil War the comic, as we, as we, as we said we would. And so, yeah, so let's do that thing. The Indeed. And the thing and the stuff. All right, well, <coughs> right off the bat, let's cover the horror movie called Hush. It's just this movie I watched on Netflix. I'm just strolling through Netflix, looking through uh, looking through it for things to watch, and I saw that there was a, an interesting-looking horror movie that <clears throat> apparently uh, got good reviews on at least Netflix. I didn't actually look into it any, but it had decent reviews on Netflix, which... If it was absolute crap, usually you don't get that decent on Netflix. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a watch. It's got like four out of five stars. Might as well. It's like an hour and a half. It was a short movie. Give it a give it a shot. And well, um, it was good. I I liked it. I mean, it wasn't like an amazing film. I don't think it. It's nothing that's gonna change my life or anything, you know, by watching it. But I thought uh, I thought it was interesting that they. Clearly had, <clears throat> man, I just, my throat is just fighting me. Um, I thought it was cool how they used their budget in their favor because they kept it all around the same place the entire time. They didn't need fancy car chases or like action scenes in other locations. It was very low budget, it felt like, in one house. And I thought some of the camera work was decent. I thought the suspense was really decent. Uh the violence was effective, but it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't gore-filled or anything like that, but it had its moments of decent um, decent payoffs to character deaths, and I thought it was a great concept, a uh, great concept of somebody being deaf and how that plays into something like that, because I don't think that's something that's been explored, or if it has, it's not something that's been done to death. Interesting concept. Um, and my last final thought, really, is... There's only really one complaint I could think of that comes to mind. I'm I'm sure there's others, but one thing that came to mind is I really wish the guy didn't take off the mask so soon in the movie. I mean, I like the mask. It's creepy. It makes the the killer that much more menacing. I mean, Jason without his mask isn't the same. Ghostface without a mask isn't the same. Um, and just so on and so forth. When When the killer takes off the mask, it kind of loses that creepy factor to me. I mean, the guy was creepy still, but... I don't know. I, I like that mask, and he took it off about 20 minutes after wearing it in the film. And so that's my only complaint is I think he could have gone a little bit longer and just had him take it out, take it off in like the final, you know, the climax of the movie type of thing. But they at least made sense on why he did it. He just didn't care anymore because she she thought she was that was like an excuse like, oh, I haven't seen your face. You can just leave. And he's just like, I don't I don't give a shit. That was well done. That was, I think, even, I, you know, it's interesting. I agree with everything you've said. Um, I'll add stuff, of course, but basically I'm, I'm spot on. I'm on the exact same page. And I think that's one of the best scenes in the movie because it tells you so much about the murder. Right. But you're right. Once he takes, but when he's wearing the mask, it doesn't matter who he is. He could be anyone. He is just, he's every threat that could happen to you when you're by yourself and you're vulnerable. That's what he represents. Right. When he takes that mask off, and I know why they did it, because they actually did kind of get um, 
I don't want to spoil who the actor is in case you are going to watch the movie audience because or listeners because it actually is a kind of a high-ish profile actor. And I didn't recognize him. I've seen him in movies. I didn't recognize him yeah, until I would beat him. I haven't recognized him at all, so I'd be interested in knowing who that is. Okay, well, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll pass a note over to you in sure, a second. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I was I was like, I looked at IMDb I'm like, oh shit, that's him. I didn't recognize him. But I yeah, the, I I get I see why they did it. They wanted to. It, I guess it was sort of like a here's your actor audience. Here's your top billing. Um. So yeah, but I agree. It really lost a lot of the, the the power was gone. It it brought it down to earth in a big way, and I, yeah. I don't know if that was effective. No, I, <clears throat> no idea who that is. By the way, <laughs> I'd have um, to IMDb. I'm sure. I'm, I'd probably notice them after some movies that he's from. <clears throat> this movie still haven't seen that. <clears throat> oh, good movie. It's very still good. Still haven't seen that, but yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, um, it reminds me a lot of a movie called You're Next. Right. It's almost the exact same premise, only they added the deaf stuff. And I, I personally did not like Who's Next. My brother's a big fan of that movie. Hmm. Um, it's interesting because this movie has a lot of the same problems. Uh, those That movie, they took the masks off too quickly. I just feel like the character was better written, while that movie felt kind of like a parody, a very subtle, dry parody this right. movie took itself way more seriously, and I I was much more invested in the fight. So this movie is a this is a good movie. I don't think your next is a particularly good movie. Um, also, uh, I I've been anticipating this movie for kind of a long time, probably for about a year. Interesting, which is funny because I had no idea what it was about until I saw the description <clears throat> on Netflix. What's up? Right. No, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's directed. I think I don't know. If, I think it's like co-directed or co-written or. It, the creative involvement is with Mike Flanagan, who's probably my third favorite horror director of all time. He did Oculus. He did Absentia. That, that's a top 10 horror film, in my opinion. Probably his best work. And So I think he's the best new horror director, I think, by far. I, can't, I don't watch a lot of new horror these days, but I don't think anyone's better than him right now. At least um, on the new wave. Uh, overall, I, I obviously I like James Wan better. Probably like Scott Derrickson a little better just for previous works. But um, So I was excited. Um, not a criticism, but this movie was extremely hard to watch. It took me about three days to finish it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, how, how, what was your experience like? Cause the, I watched it and that was fine. Yeah. Uh, the tension was hard, man. This movie is a tense, difficult movie. And the character's vulnerable. The main character is always vulnerable, so you feel vulnerable. And it's just, ooh. Uh, I like, uh, one thing I like but disliked, so it's kind of like a double-edged sword, is I liked how dark it was. Like, most movies, when something's dark, they don't really make it look dark. They just kind of give off the impression, well, this is dark, so this is why the character can't see. Us as the viewers cannot see in this movie. Yeah, I can so see shit. I it, can it, see. it adds to the it adds to that suspense factor because you literally can't see anything either. So you feel for the character, you relate to the character because you're looking to find where he's hiding or where he's at next, just as much as they are. So you actually can feel that darkness. Whereas in most movies, like I said, when it's dark, you can still make out everything in the distance. The camera plays into that too. The camera plays the game because there were times when he was watching her 
but you didn't find out later because really the camera's only showing what she has access to. Right. So when he was behind her, the the cell phone stuff won't get into spoiler. Sure. Well, I'll get into one spoiler. So if you don't want to hear, it's a very mild spoiler. Very mild, but it'd be a spoiler by my terms, so I'm going to play the golden rule here. If you don't want to hear it, skip 45 seconds ahead. But I really liked how they didn't kill the cat. So refreshing. Just, I, I don't I don't care how scary or dramatically fulfilling your movie is. Don't kill cats. Don't kill dogs. Don't kill anything. <laughs> I remember we talked about this before, about animals. Yeah, it, it, it hurts me. I, I think for two reasons. A, I'm not desensitized to it. I did not grow up watching cats die, at least in movies. <laughs> However, I did watch a thing a... that people watch. It's like cats die in the movie. <laughs> All the coolest cats die in hardcore. No, no it's um, but um, I have seen real cats die because I had cats. You know, I saw my cat die of a seizure. Sure. I saw one of my cats get hit by a car. That that's a little too close to home for me. So spoiler over. Skip to this time code. Right. Yep. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in this movie that you can really spoil really i mean it's not like the it's not one of those types of movies where it's heavy on story it's all about the suspense it's all about the thrill and it's all about because there is no uh i mean this might be a spoiler but it's like an anti-spoiler but it's like there is no big reveal like there is no big hook to this movie where it's like oh the killer was this person all along or this or that or oh this person blah 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 it's just like no it's just a down-to-earth film that's based on hey what if there is a deaf person that lives in the middle of nowhere kind of and somebody decides to start stalking them and you know trying to kill them or you know mess with them mentally it's like it it felt very real a lot of it felt very realistic on how they would handle the situation there was plenty of moments where i was like she should just try and do this and then she went and tried to do that and it didn't work out for her and i'm like okay that Thank you. Like, there's no logic gaps that I feel like you have to make here. I mean, there's plenty of times where she tries to run away outside, and logically so, it didn't work out for her for whatever reason, and she was punished for it. So it's just, like, things like that that I appreciated in this movie. It was very simple. It kind of reminded me of, like, Saw or Oculus, and like I said, in the simplicity of it was all in one location, so there wasn't a whole lot of jumping back and forth anywhere. It's all based on this house. You never really leave that house. And so, yeah, I definitely, definitely recommend it if you like horror movies, kind of like simpler stuff like that. And it's, I wouldn't even really, I mean, it's a horror movie, but it's probably more of like a suspenseful thriller than it is a horror movie. But, I mean, it's it's got elements of all of those things quite a bit. It's almost got elements of uh, the first Steven Spielberg movie. I haven't seen it in years, but uh, The Duel, I think is what it's called. Hmm. First, that one dude versus the trucker. Yeah, I don't think and, I've ever seen that, yeah. Uh, I've seen it on TNT like in 1998 or something like that. But it's been <laughs> a long time, man. But um, the movie's all about this one relationship between the victim and the killer right. and how she deals with it. And you're right. There are no logicals. I think maybe there are one or two moments where I'm thinking if she gunned it for the trees, she probably would have made it. Sure, But sure. you absolutely understand why she doesn't do it. I would not have done it probably. I mean, because extremely, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, because she'd be completely out of her element then, because she can't hear, he can hear her, chick running away in the forest would make a hell of a lot of noise, and she wouldn't be able to hear him, so yeah. Uh, but I exactly. agree with you, I was thinking the same thing, Is like, you throw this over there to distract, now you run your ass off and just don't look back, like, never stop. 
So I, I agree with you that I was thinking the same thing, but that w- that would be the only thing I would think that might be difficult for her is that she li- I mean she can't hear, so he naturally has that advantage. She steps on a twig, he instantly knows where she is, whereas he could sneak up on her pretty easily. And even if she finds help, you know, she's she's handicapped. I mean, to communicate the problem quickly and efficiently on the clock, it, it's not a very solid plan overall. So right. And I don't know how far away she was from civilization. I don't know how far away she was from the nearest interstate. We really don't. All we know is she's in the middle of nowhere. We don't know how big nowhere is. So it may have never been an option to begin with. Right. Good movie, though. Definitely. uh, I'll probably enjoy it more now that I'm not fucking, like, on the edge of my seat. Just, like, (laughs) like covering my mouth. I don't know. Like, that. It it was a hard movie to watch. Not going to lie. But um, good stuff. Very good stuff. Definitely. So check that out um, on Netflix, and it's called Hush once again. And um, okay, let's move on to Civil War. First off, Civil War got a. It's currently at ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's check our nine Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty sure I said higher than that, but I can't. I'm not a hundred percent. Mine say. was actually dead on for like the first couple weeks or the first week or so, but then I checked it just now before we started, and it was. Down a percent, which it threw it off. It's at 90%. I guess 91. You guess 92. So we're both very, very close. You closer than me, not just because of the 91%, but you were just straight up right for a good while. Yeah, right? That's, right that's the, the score that counts, in my opinion. <laughs> doesn't matter what it says in May. It's all about that first two, first 14 days, I think, you know? Sure. But yeah, so that's that. And definitely... Um, Cool. That I mean, that that's probably the closest we're gonna get all year. Um, obviously, Batman vs Superman, we were the furthest away. Deadpool, we were reasonably close. I think we were within like twenty percent. And then this one, yeah, we're both within two percent. So I don't know if we're ever gonna get closer. I, and I think the only one we have a chance with is because we're both n- none of our other scores are within that close of each other, other than Doctor Strange, which I put at eighty three percent, and you put at eighty one. That's the only ones that are close. We have X-Men at 87 for me and you at 68. Um, I think those those are close. I think those will hold up probably 68 more than the 87. I think well, you we know, have a Rotten Tomato score for X-Men, but it's going to change. So I guess right. there's not much point talking about it. But yeah, I, I feel like you're going to end up closer just because, I mean, I've only read IGN's review. I didn't read the review, but I saw the score. I don't really like to read reviews before I go into a movie, but... I saw the score and they gave it like a six point something, I think, or a seven point something. I can't remember. But so you might be closer on that if Rotten Tomatoes follows suit on that. Um, and then Suicide Squad, I put at 74 percent and you put at 68. So we're closer there. But yeah, so we'll see how those pan out. But yeah, it's Civil War. We're very, very close within two percent, both of us. And all right, well, let's get into the movie. OK, and um, they didn't even put out The Lost yet, have they? Or what did you guys record? No, they- Oh, uh, we recorded it... As a Lost, or...? I think we're just going to call it Civil War Review. I don't okay. think we're going to have a name for it. Gotcha. We're going to do it like we did Metal Gear, I guess. Gotcha. Cool. Um, that, that, to my knowledge, has not been released yet, and this will probably go up by the end of the night. Um, regardless, whichever one you hear first, it might be confusing, because Temp's on that one, or Brandon's on that one, and I was not, so you might hear some repetitive stuff from him, but... Apparently there wasn't a lot of stuff they got to just because there is so many people at play. Obviously you're going to miss some things. So hopefully we can get to a good chunk of it here. Um, 
I'll just start with my opinions right off the bat. I don't have a whole lot of in-detail, so, I mean, I'll have reactions to what you're saying, but just leading the discussion, I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, I will say it was good. It was definitely a good movie. I would probably say it's better than the two Avengers movies. Maybe not the first one. I don't know. It's tough for me because I was never... I like the Avengers movies, but I was never like... Man, those movies were some of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. It was just like, man, that was a fun ride for the first one. And this was really cool seeing all these characters finally come together. But to me, this was like bringing all the characters... If you set aside the, like, seeing them all together for the very first time and interact for the very first time, this is kind of like seeing it in the highest quality, in my opinion. Seeing them all together in the highest quality, I guess that's my take on it. Um, I thought the character interactions were good as always. Um, I thought they did a good job of making you see it from both sides. Um, they didn't just completely make one side look completely like a giant dick then compared to the other. Um, but ultimately I still side with cap. I've always sided with cap on that whole argument, And I think the movie also swayed in that direction probably because we knew the whole time that, you know, the Winter Soldier was not, obviously, not uh, not the one behind it. He was framed or whatever. They kind of hinted at that, and then they confirmed it, And whereas Iron Man didn't really know that part. But, I mean, that's not even really fully to deal with it all. It's, it has to deal with everything that happened in all the movies thus far that's led to this point, all the destruction. But that was kind of my one, I'd say one of the issues I had with the movie is I've been saying for the longest time, man, they never really have anybody really die in these movies. Like, you never really feel the impact. That was kind of one of my praises of Batman vs Superman is you just see that courthouse blow up and all that destruction that just happened. And they kind of did that here, obviously with the whole embassy and Black Panther's father dying and that whole destruction as well as Scarlet Witch throwing the crossbones up into the air at the last second when he already pulled the grenade or whatever and he was going to explode anyway. She tried to get him as far away as possible, but, you know, miscalculations. She actually accidentally threw him into a building, which killed people, like 20-something people, I think, and injured others, and it's just like... Might have been lower than that. I think it was like 11, right? Yeah, it was something around there, yeah. And some were injured, and... And I like that because that shows immediate like emotional connection, impact, these people, things are happening here. But what I didn't like about it is now we're backtracking and saying Avengers, look at like look at whatever I, I can't pronounce the damn city that they were or the country they were in for Avengers 2, Sarkovia, 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 is that it? Sarkovia sounds right. Okay, yeah. Sarkovia, something like that. Now they're like all those people died because of when the city got raised up into the air. It's like, well, why didn't we see that in that movie? Like, that would have made me much more invested in these characters and seeing the bad guy get taken down if I had seen those people. But now they're kind of like retroactively, people did die in those. People did die. I mean, we didn't really show it much, but people did die. And then Hulk jumping from building to building and all the creatures bumping it, like the giant-ass creature in Avengers 1 just going through a building and stuff like that. People died there and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, I I just, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of retroactively making those moments feel important rather than doing it in the movie. It didn't really feel impactful. So now we're doing it to make this movie feel more impactful. And 
put more credence into the whole need for a registration act, which I'm fine. Better late than never. But and they're doing it in this movie, so it was okay. And I like, like I said, I like that people died to show that emotion with the whole Scarlet Witch thing, and she was feeling the ramifications of her actions. But my biggest problem with that is, what if the Avengers didn't jump into any of those scenarios? What if Scarlet Witch hadn't done anything? How many people would have died then? How many people would have died if nobody saved New York? How many people would have died if Hulk wasn't there to save the day, to take down the big monster? Okay, he jumped into a couple buildings and caused destruction, but what if he wasn't there to, you know, just punch the monster in the face and kill it? That thing would have just destroyed New York on its own anyways, so... That's in the city, the city raising up in Avengers 2. If they didn't save, if they didn't go there and save the day, it's like, why are we, why are the Avengers being blamed for that? Why are superheroes as a whole being blamed for that? That to me is just kind of like a, a lot, like that to me, I have a hard time understanding why the need for that. It's like, had they not stepped in and did what they did, a lot more people would have died. Especially I, yeah, especially in the Avengers 1 and 2 scenarios. Because obviously the Scarlet Witch thing, it's debatable whether people would have died. You know, if she didn't... Well, I guess if they never confronted Crossbones, maybe nobody would have died there. But people would have... A lot more people probably would have died if he kept doing whatever he would end up doing anyways. Um, but in the Avengers 1 and Avengers 2 scenarios, they were literally trying to kill the entire planet and all the city and all of that stuff. So it's the few versus the many. 30 people died, 30 innocent people died as opposed to thousands to potentially millions. I that's the part where I'm just like, what? Why why? You these are the people that need to be arrested. These are the people that need to register and wait for you to give them permission. And that's the part where I'm just like, okay, this seems kind of silly. But at the same time, that's why I side with Cap. I side with Cap because you know, if if the city's in danger, if the world is in danger of a giant threat, I don't think they need to be waiting on a UN vote from 155 people or whatever to pass a vote to do something about it. I think they need to jump into action immediately. And I also don't think... If you're a superhero, say you're Superman, say you're Iron Man, say you're Captain America, whatever, you mean to tell me if the UN says, nope, you can't do anything, you're just going to sit there and watch people die? That's not a superhero. Superheroes don't just say, oh, okay, I guess I'm not allowed to help them. That The superheroes are supposed to risk life and limb and do everything they possibly can to save life. So that's what just kind of... That's why I'm on Cap's side in that. Um, as for the movie itself, I mean, that's just kind of where I stand on that. But where do you stand on that before we kind of jump around here? I mean, it's very clear the movie itself is on Cap's side. Um, I'm sure. glad you mentioned... His name uh, is in the title, after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of biased. It's a giveaway. It's not right? Iron Man's Civil War. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, something could argue it's, it's just as much an Iron Man as a Captain America movie. But sure, sure. Even in the story, they throw Tony under a bus pretty quickly. Um, I, going back to the few versus the many... You know, they're talking shit to the Avengers because 11 people died because there's some collateral damage. I mean, how much collateral damage would there have been if Iron Man couldn't stop the nuke and all of New York was blown up? Right. Are they <laughs> held responsible for that? Talk about and unappreciative. And I hammered this point hard <laughs> on The Lost. I, I really drilled this down because Iron Man's side makes no fucking sense. 
Because yeah. we already showed one of the most powerful government agencies, S.H.I.E.L.D., was corrupted by neo-Nazis for 40 years, right. and no one noticed. And now <laughs> we're going to get these guys the... Uh, I mean, just in real life, I'm not going to get into politics, but in real life, I'm not the biggest fan of the U.S. government, and that fucking goes double for the U.N. So, no, I'm Team Cap all the fucking way. And, I mean, even by the end of the movie, you know, Iron Man didn't even do anything wrong, and Ross says, you're lucky you're not behind one of these cells. It's already going to shit. It's already falling apart. It's already getting corrupted. So I'm like, how the fuck is anyone on Team Iron Man? I don't. I respect your opinion if you, if you are. Like, you know, I, I like the diversity, you know, I, but that's where I stand. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're in agreement there. I, I think it's just the whole pro registration just doesn't make any sense at least from this movie's perspective we'll obviously talk about the comic and it's a little bit different in the comics and whatnot but um anyways continuing on about the movie action was fantastic the i thought the build-up of the characters was great um i hmm, i can't help but compare it to the comics to a degree because I feel like the comics does so much more to build up the reasoning behind it because there's so much more that builds up to why it's happening. Whereas this movie felt kind of, like I said, they're retroactively being like, you see here when this happened. And I don't feel like those examples are great as we just covered is because if they hadn't stepped in then then what? Um, but, um, <clears throat> trying to think exactly. Um, Zemo, we talked about Zemo in in the chat just briefly, but it felt like I, I liked that for once a villain wasn't just like trying to take over the world, and he wasn't just trying to outpower the vil, you know, outpower the heroes, or he's not hiring a bunch of goons to do it. He's trying to make them fight each other, which is great. Um, I would have liked to seen him in like a more Zemo like costume. He just looked like a Joe Schmo, but he he didn't because there was concept released concept art released of what he might look like in the movie things they were uh considering that looked more like his comic book attire and they didn't go with anything like that so that was a shame but um ultimately yeah he just felt like kind of a footnote i don't know necessarily that they needed him for everything that was going on i mean i guess for the winter soldier part of it it makes sense but i don't know i don't know i was I feel like he took up a lot of screen time. I feel like he made the movie very long. Um, like I said on on the other cast, I like the character. I don't necessarily like him as a villain because we go through. It's a long movie, and we go through the vast majority of the movie without really knowing what his motivations are. I didn't even know he was evil to like that until I saw him like in the psychologist outfit trying to fuck with the Winter Soldier. Oh, I wasn't really even convinced, a hundred percent convinced then. So I was thinking maybe he's using the Winter Soldier to manipulate. Maybe he's trying to take down the other Russian project victims. Or I, I don't. I still wasn't clear. So right. I didn't. I wasn't really one hundred percent sold on him. And I, I like the character as its core. And I, and I have a feeling, given how much praise he's received, we'll probably see him in the suit, and we'll probably see him as an antihero in future Marvel movies. I think that's a strong possibility. But um. Yeah, I, I just, every time he was on screen, I feel like he killed the momentum. I, I feel like this movie in general had some pacing issues. Uh, not oh, I'll agree with that, yeah, wholeheartedly. There was, uh, as much as I pain to say it, there was times where I'm just like, and I know you're going to kill me for this, but... Because, <laughs> honestly, I was more 
consistently entertained throughout <laughs> Batman vs Superman, and I know, and I know you thought that was super boring a lot of times. But honestly, that's as as much as I hate to say it, because this movie had a lot of great action. It really, really did. Like I love the action scenes when during the the action was phenomenal. It's hard to beat that action, but there was just some times where it just dragged on and on, and I was just like get to something <laughs> get to something yeah no it's um i, I feel like this movie gets a, i'm, I'm going to give this movie a high score but I, a Absolutely. lot of that score is yeah. going to come from the airport scene i feel like if you take out the airport scene you barely have a top five marvel movie i still think it's good and it's solid but the airport scene is really what what broke new ground and really it was like wow this is amazing uh, not, and you know what? I'm not going to kill you for for thinking Batman v Superman had better pacing or was more overall entertaining. Uh, some of my favorite people like that movie um, outside of the web. So um, I, I just uh, I feel like it was chop. I feel like it kept resetting the momentum. I never felt like I felt like I was bored. But unlike Winter Soldier, which kept building and building and tumbling and tumbling, right? This movie kept. It was like so many stop signs. It was so stop and go, yes, you know. And, exactly. and that's okay. That that's not bad. I feel like, well, it, it is a little bad because I feel like they could prevent it. I feel like if they handled Zemo a little better, I, like I was telling the other guys, I was just taking Zemo out. To be honest with you, it's not that it's nothing against the character. I just. All right, I'm going into this a little bit early. This is my biggest problem with the movie. I really didn't like the fact that the final fight happened because Tony Stark found out that the Winter Soldier killed his parents. I really didn't like that because when I saw the trailer and I saw Captain America and Iron Man fighting, I thought it was because two people disagreed, the yeah. boiling point of their own right. convictions and they were contrary and this was a logical consequence. No, it was because of this really contrived plot twist that still I still wasn't really sold on it because I'm – I feel like we've known Tony Stark long enough to know that this isn't really in character. I can't, especially since he knows what happened to the Winter Soldier, and he knows he was brainwashed. I didn't think this fight made sense. I don't think this fight was consistent with Tony Stark, and it felt really contrived to me. To um, add on to that real quick yes, is... definitely. When you say contrived, it's like... It was never really a factor until this movie. You know, if this is something they built up in the Iron Man films that he misses his parents and like they, they tease like that they died in that way and all of that stuff. And then they finally blow their load here and they pull that twist and like, Oh, it was winter soldier. All like they teased it throughout the film. And I thought it was really good. Hell it starts out, you know, early on with Tony Stark and his younger self. But I mean, that's, that's kind of the problem is they built it up just for this movie. So it definitely felt like here's an excuse to have them have, a big blow up at the end, but I also didn't feel like it was characteristic because he knew it wasn't winter soldier like fault. It wasn't actually him doing it. He knew that at this point that he's clearly being brainwashed by people. He's being mind controlled, brainwashed, whatever. So why is he all of a sudden to blame? If I get brainwashed, you know, hypothetically in a superhero world, say, Say Iron Man gets brainwashed and he accidentally kills somebody somebody else loves. Is he going to be like, yep, just kill me? I wouldn't want that. I If I get brainwashed and I get <laughs> and I get like controlled to kill somebody, I'm not going to be like, yep, you're right. I deserve this. Like, what do you? I didn't do anything. Why are you? No, that's not how this works. I didn't do anything. Kill the person. Take it out on the person that caused this. 
not the person that did it. Do it on the person that actually caused it. So I thought that was silly. It just seemed like he had a moment of seeing red and he was going in rage and wasn't thinking clearly, but it's like his parents didn't die last week. His parents have been dead for a long time. This he's not still in this emotional state where it's like, you killed my parents. I have to stop you. It's your parents died a long time ago and nineteen ninety one? Yeah, nineteen ninety one. And that's and we're lead to believe it's kinda or we're led to believe it's in real time, so it's what, twenty five years later? Ish. Yeah, something ish, like something that. Like that. Yeah, so it's like, come on. Really? You're gonna take it out on this guy now when yes, he's the one that did it, but it wasn't him doing it like that doesn't make any sense so i don't know yeah i mean here's what i would have done if they insisted on that plot twist instead of having captain america win have tony stark win and when the time comes for the killing blow he decides not to do it because he knows he's being irrational but we can't really have that forgiveness moment with tony stark if we're gonna do it with black panther i mean i would have been i would have been fine with both but i know a lot of people would not have been um, and the Black Panther forgiveness scene was really good when he decides not to kill Zemo. That was super touching. Yeah, but that was effective, yes. I just feel like it would have been more in tune with the character and would have been a lot more dramatically interesting if Tony Stark had won the battle. And he could have won. I mean, Captain America kind of clutched it out in the end, but Tony Stark could have won that battle. And if he had and he chose not to kill the Winter Soldier, everyone would have come out looking better. Um, but... Yeah, I just don't think they wanted to go that way. It would have been a better movie if they just had not had that twist at all, but since that's where we're at. Um, although I will say this, I really did like the scene where Captain America and Tony Stark are in the the, the Winter Fortress and, or in Siberia, and they're kind of communicating the fact, or Tony's communicating the fact that he's not here to fight. I thought that was a really good scene. Sure, yeah, and it worked, and... I'll real, you know, I'll add on to what you were saying. Is they had both of those things, and that's kind of basically putting an exclamation point on what I was saying as well. Is that his parents died twenty five years ago? Okay, so we have one person whose parents died twenty five years ago, and now all of a sudden he's enraged and he can't stop because he just found out that it was the Winter Soldier's uh, orders to do that. And then the same time, we're having a mirrored thing. But Black Panther is able to look past that and forgive after being enraged the whole movie looking for revenge. But he finally comes to his senses. But it makes more sense because his father just died and it was that person that actually (laughs) was the responsible (laughs) one for that. He wasn't tracking down and then found out it wasn't him. He actually forgave the person that did it. And it just happened like a week ago (laughs) or two days ago. (laughs) Meanwhile, we have... Meanwhile, we have Tony Stark, who just finds this out after like 20 years or whatever, and it's not even the guy that's responsible for it, like truly responsible for it, and he's just seeing red. I don't know, it just seemed odd to me, but yeah, in it, I agree. Having them both there just kind of... When you had one that was done so effective with Black Panther, and then you had Tony Stark, it just made the Tony Stark one look a little dumb. Although I should say Black Panther's not entirely off the hook either. Or better yet, Captain America's not entirely off the hook because Captain America and Black Panther were chilling in the same building for like a couple of days. Ca- Captain America couldn't walk downstairs and like tell Black Panther, hey, this is what's going down. He was brainwashed. You know, it wasn't really him. I talked right. to him. He's actually a nice guy. That conversation never happened. And I'm thinking, why? 
you know. Um, but I mean, Black Panther, I, I would say, had the third best showing in the entire movie, which is really good considering the cast. Um, sure. Black Panther was amazing. Nothing, I agree with that, yeah. He fights like an adorable kitty cat, and I fucking love it. It's so good. I want to see that movie now. Now I am sold on Black Panther. Yeah, they did a good job introducing him for sure. I, I would agree that he's in the top three best performances in that movie, best showings. That suit looks so good, too. That is an amazing-looking superhero Definitely. suit. Definitely. Um, all right, well, what else is there really to cover? Um, There's the a air- lot, really. Well, yeah, the air... Well, then you might need to take the reins because I can think of the airport <laughs> scene, but I can't think of other than that. There's just really great action, of course, just throughout the film during the times where it was. And um, I mean, there's certain things that I still need to say, but I think I'm going to save it till the comic so I can compare them to the movie after we've already discussed the movie and we can jump back and forth as to not be like, oh, well, in this comics, they do it like this. I'll save it for then. But um, well, anyways, you go ahead and. Uh, well, I was going to say, we kind of ended the last segment with who had the best showing, who had the worst showing. Um, I don't know who's going to be posted first, but um, and I won't say the best showing yet because that goes to the airport scene. But uh, the worst showing I thought was Vision. And um, and like I said on the other segment, I like this movie. I really do. I, I don't mean to just go over the complaints, but that's where all the interesting talking points are. I really, really like this movie. I did not like how they handled Vision. Um if they wanted him to take the role of incarcerating Scarlet Witch, they should have written it better because it makes him seem like a domineering, forceful, just male figure. It doesn't work, in my opinion. Um, and I don't even think it really made sense because did she ever have a track record of harming people outside of battle, outside of collateral damage? So, I'm, so she can't go grab some milk from the store? I don't. That didn't really and click for me. That and shit happens. I mean, she made one mistake it's not like she, yeah like you said it's not like there's a track record there that could have happened to anybody and the fact and this is coming i mean the orders were from tony stark and are we are we correct on that is that correct yes because he confirms that in the airport scene, okay indeed. so he was the one that was basically telling vision keep her there Tony Stark is a weapons dealer before he becomes Iron Man. <laughs> he attributed to so many deaths. And he's the guy that's like, she made one mistake while she was trying to help everybody and save everyone around her. You keep her here. She's a loose cannon. It doesn't make any sense. And granted, you could always use the excuse that she is relatively new still to the team. And... She just, you know, she was brainwashed or whatever growing up, and then she just kind of became a good guy with the team. Maybe you could go off of that, but, I mean, come on. It is funny whenever I hear someone exclaim, Tony Stark, because every time when you did that, my mind immediately went to Jeff Bridges, and he finished it out, built this thing in a cave <laughs> with a box of scrap. That might be my favorite line in movie history, but, um, uh, but you know, I absolutely agree. And Tony wasn't... I just, it wasn't even properly communicated. She did not find out she was being incarcerated until Vision literally barred her from the door. And if Tony Stark was given the orders for her protection, why not put that in paper in front of her, tell her, make some fucking co- it, just, it doesn't line up in my opinion. And it made Vision look worse. It made Tony look bad, but... I, well, he I makes, the, the character yeah. is kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's always yes. has been his thing. In the comics, it's worse. <laughs> it's no, much comics worse. Is fucking... 
It, he it, redeemable it, in the comics, <laughs> in my opinion. He but, makes, uh, he, yeah, he looks like a giant douchebag. It's one of the reasons why, honestly, like I like Iron Man as a character. I think Robert Downey Jr. plays him great and all of that. He's a fun character. I love his witty humor, his sarcastic remarks. But as like a character, if you go by the comic sense, like there's a reason why I'm a Cap guy and not an Iron Man guy. <laughs> I think that's the reason most people are that way. I think Civil War did a lot of irreparable damage to Iron Man. Iron Man, it's still kind of that's still being fixed today. I think, and I guess if one good thing came out of that. The fact that he couldn't have a sit down with Scarlet Witch and explain to her that he's doing this for his safety just goes to show even more. Tony Stark has now been lost in the bureaucracy. It has even been 72 hours and the bureaucracy's already taken over Tony Stark. You know, it, he's lost the human element at this point um, or at least lost his touch with it. He's still trying to do what he thinks is best, but the the, the gun's not in his hands anymore. The project has clearly slipped from his fingers, in my opinion. And uh, sure. that's good, at least. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Um I, I think people in the other segment complained about Rhodes. I, I think, you know, War Machine has been struggling to get a good showing is what those guys were talking about. And to, I, I still, I think I agree with that, you know. Uh, War Machine still really hasn't had his great moment since these movies began, in my opinion. Right. I mean, Iron Man 2, he had his moments. That's probably the most he really had. But since then, he's really hasn't had much. He didn't have much in Age of Ultron and... Here, yeah, he still didn't have a whole lot. So that's a shame. His greatest movie was Iron uh, Moment was in Iron Man too because people <laughs> hate that movie. Yeah. Which I don't. I see why, but I don't agree. I still think that movie's decent. I I think the only thing it really did was underplayed Mickey Rourke. It's the only thing I'm really upset about with that movie. Other than that, I think that movie's hella good. But I don't I don't hate it, but I wouldn't say it's hella good. I would just say it's it was like I don't think any of the Marvel movies are like. Marvel Studios movies are hateable. I think they're they're okay to amazing. And I felt Iron Man was like Iron Man Two was like a seven point five, like an eight. Thor it, Two came. Close. It was just Thor bad two. by proxy if you compare it to the other ones. But it's not a bad movie by any means. That's true. With Marvel, okay equates grossly disappointing. Sure, which is sure. exactly what Thor Two was for me. Sure. And but, as yeah. far as well, I was going to say, um, did you want to jump to the airport scene? Because that's where all the, the bread sure. and butter is. Really. I mean, yeah, we can go there if you have anything else to cover before that. Well, it, it all it all comes back to the airport scene. Yeah, I keep trying to dance around it. All my points kind of want to gravitate towards that because, um, well, let's start with Spider-Man. What did you think of uh, Mr. Parker in this movie? I thought he was good. Um, a little odd. Uh, I do have some things that I'm just like not sold on quite yet, but I like the kid. I'm sold on the actor. I think he seems like a fun Spider-Man. I dig that. It's finally like an actual 15 or 16 year old or whatever, rather than a 20 something year old playing a 15, 16 year old. That's cool. Um, I, I dig that about him. He had a good sense of humor, good wit, good remarks. He definitely sounded like a kid for once, rather than like I said, a 20 something year old playing a kid. He, He's young enough to where, you know, if they want to get this guy for several movies down the line, he's so young that that should not be a problem. Um, but no, he, yeah, he definitely fit the Peter Parker way, way more than... Um, like, I like Tobey Maguire uh, back back during those movies. I, I liked him, but now I've kind of 
grown to see some of the issues with him he is kind of a grown man playing a kid <laughs> and then with the other guy andrew garfield yeah I, the one problem i had with him is he seemed more like a kid which is good and i liked him as spider-man a lot he had the wit and they put the humor into it way more i did not like him as peter parker at all i did not like the skater punk kid that's not what peter parker is peter parker is the little nerdy kid that you know is like a social outcast he's he's there he's like a science whiz he's a engineer type of kid he's not a kid that rolls around on a skateboard in school and you know graffitiing things and like come on i did not like that i did not like that about andrew garfield was a piece of shit like and not because he's a bad actor because the character was written that way. He's he's written as a douchebag. Yeah. And that really was apparent in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, he's I just like, like a it. punk kid. He was a punk kid. He wasn't a nerd. He wasn't a lovable geek. He was just a punk kid. And that's not Peter Parker. All of the... Like, I always said his Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker would be a, bet, a much better combo. Because I thought they were both... Tobey Maguire played a better Peter Parker where he played a better Spider-Man... But I think this kid easily has the potential to trump both of them in both departments because his Peter Parker, so far from what we've seen, he has the look of a geeky, you know, kind of just, you know, he's a wimpy little kid. It makes sense. But also him as Spider-Man completely fits. The suits never looked better. Um, The changing eyes is perfect. Grateful for that. Uh, The only other complaint I really have about him is what's up with Aunt May being Marissa Tomei? (laughs) What is that? I like it. It's she's not bad but i mean aunt may is like an old lady <laughs> she's supposed to be an older woman like at least i mean i know miss marissa tomei is not like a young woman she's got to be in her 40s i'd imagine it's, if it's not 50s older than that because well, my cousin video Vinny was like what 92 well, as i'm saying she's got to be yeah. in her late 40s 50s something like that but i mean she doesn't look it and Aunt May supposed to... She, I'm not saying she needs to be a withering old woman on her deathbed, especially if he's still in high school, which he'll definitely be, but come on. She's... I don't know. I mean, I, it's not like a, something that ruins it for me. It's just one of those things that's like, we're doing this? <laughs> like, this is what we're doing? <laughs> but it's like, okay, sure, whatever. I'm sure I'm sure she'll be fine in the role, but I don't know. It just seemed kind of odd. I've heard that a lot. I was, uh, after the movie, I was having dinner with some of my friends, and my friend was like, I really only had one issue with the movie. And he, he's like, with Spider-Man? And he just stops, because he didn't know how to say it. And I was like, it was hot and May, wasn't it? He's like, yes! And I'm like, I I, I, I like it. I, I don't I don't really have a horse in this race, to be honest with you, uh, whether she's old or young. I'm sort of Aunt May apathetic. I don't really have strong feelings towards the character, so... Sure, sure. Yeah, why not make her super hot? I don't got a problem with that. Yeah, and to be fair, I'm not, like, adamantly against it. I'm not like, this is dumb, this is the worst, this is never gonna work. It's more like, I have a preference, and that's not my preference, but I'm open-minded that I'm gonna see it through anyways. I mean, if it works, it works, cool, great. I have no problem with it. It's not like it bothers me to that much of an extent... But for the sake of the review, I do have to <laughs> at least be like, that was odd. That seemed kind of odd, but all right. Sure. It was almost jarring in a good way. In a movie with so much talking and so many board meetings, it was a nice little jump. That little shock really pulled me back into the movie in many ways. Um, yeah, so I, I, I love Spider-Man. I like the, the approach. I like the idea that he's making smart-ass remarks and he's making jokes while he's fighting. Because he loves what he does and not because he thinks he's better than everyone like the Andrew Garfield version. 
And I really like that. I can get behind the Spider-Man. He just seems like a cool kid. And I, I think that's all anyone ever wanted. And I don't know why Sony Pictures could never see that. Sure, definitely. Uh, I agree with you there. The Andrew Garfield one definitely had that sense where his humor was sarcastic in a way that he just needed to get his ass kicked. This isn't like his humor is not in a way. It's just more like he's a kid. This one definitely feels like he's a kid. And he's yeah, just a, he's just a fun He's got a funny sense of humor. He's silly. He's ridiculous type of kid. Whereas Andrew Garfield felt like a sarcastic asshole. Well, he was the worst of both worlds. When he was in the suit, or even sometimes when he was on the suit, he was just a fucking caustic asshole. <laughs> but when he's with fucking uh, Dead Girl, what the fuck's her name? Um, uh, Gwen. Gwen, Gwen Stacy. He was all teary and crying. Emo is like, That's why true. do you not yeah. like me? And she's like. It's like, gosh, because you're a fucking asshole. That's why he, yeah. <laughs> he went from arrogant asshole to crybaby bitch, and there was no mid-frequency to that dude, and just horrible. That is the one uh, thing I liked about those that movie, Spider-Man 2, though, was their chemistry together. I thought the actors had good chemistry. Let me I mean, clarify. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. It's not that I disagree. It's just I didn't really at that. I was so frustrated and bored oh my god that's like the longest fucking movie i've ever seen in theaters maybe rivaled only by transformers 2 i don't think i've ever looked at my my cell phone clock more than i have <laughs> at transformers 2 my gosh that movie's fucking long but yeah I, I really have nothing good to say about my amazing spider-man 2 like it it's like good chemistry yes i don't disagree but i it, it's you know it, it it's it's a piece of candy in a big pile of shit i don't well, let's care. just be glad it's gone and spider-man's apparently with marvel now so all right and fully yeah. with marvel they confirmed we have full creative control over homecoming that yeah is i did not expect that i thought they got him for captain america civil war i thought they just could use him and then i thought they were going to like produce and oversee sony's production on it but sony was still in control but they would kind of just you know give them like they would just kind of oversee it creatively and make sure everything's good but to, it definitely looks like, you know, he's with Marvel and Sony's just getting a cut of it, apparently. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if, if Smoney... If, if Smoney. Smoney. <laughs> <laughs> they can, yeah, they can give, like, Sony half the damn money, and I, I'm sure that they don't want to do that, but Sony should want to do that because Marvel's going to make way more money with them than they ever did. So, oh, if, if Sony likes cash... They should let Marvel do their thing with Venom. If they like printing green currency, they should fucking let Marvel have a run at Venom and have it done right. Right. And make them make him the fucking defender of San Francisco. We don't need this bitter boy bullshit with angry, you know, Eddie Brock. Now, not that that's <laughs> not a part of Venom, but that doesn't define him in my opinion. You know, I like the two reluctantly working together because I think there's a great story in that. That's why everyone loves Vegeta. You know, that's why everyone loves like half the anime characters ever made is because they like that dynamic. So. Right. I like that dynamic. I like when enemies have to team up against a greater threat. It's a fun moment, if not overdone. But yeah, um, the action, right. too. We should probably talk about the action of it with Spider-Man because it's, I think, the best we've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. He's had a lot of cool moments in there. A lot of cool quips, a lot of just great uses of his powers. Um like I said, the suit never looked better, so... It's fast. It's so amazing how quick he fights. Like, it doesn't matter that everyone else can fly. He's so quick, and... I mean, he's just... 
it's fighting without thinking. It really shows in his actions. And it just, I love the Winter Soldier, you know, road scene. Oh, God, it's so the airport scene is so fucking magical. But yeah, go on. Um, but yeah, going more into depth with the airport. And I would put Spider-Man in the top three there for sure. Um, if we're if we're going in that it's him, Black Panther. And then the one other one that I'll say, um, Ant-Man. Ant-Man would round out that top yes. three for me. He is so greatly used in this movie. <laughs> I mean, the movie was great. The movie Ant-Man was great. But man, was he awesome to see. It's it's the same thing with Spider-Man to see these two characters interact with other characters like the because I mean that's that's the beauty 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 of um, the I don't even know what the fuck that was supposed to be beauty it's like a Pokemon butterfree um, anyways my point was the beauty of the Avengers types movies and this is kind of like an Avengers type movie is seeing them all interact with each other as we've talked about. To see Ant-Man and Spider-Man interact with these other characters, especially on Spider-Man's behalf, because he's been waiting a long time to interact with these characters that in the comics, his interactions with those characters are gold. So it's finally great to see that on on screen. Um, but with Ant-Man as well, it's really, really tremendous. Man, they were tr- they were the best like comedic things throughout the entire movie was Ant-Man and Spider-Man in that whole airport scene. All their interactions were great. So, yeah, I mean, and, and the action, how they used Ant-Man and making him giant man and stuff like that. Definitely really, really awesome. Just so many great scenes. I love when he goes into Iron Man's armor and starts taking things out. And he says, who is that? Who's that talking? It's your conscience. We haven't spoken in a while. <laughs> like, that's just a good fucking quip. Like, that's really, that's a good burn against Tony Stark. Um, but, yeah, no, and the action was really good. How they used him, I love them shooting him on the arrow like in uh marvel versus capcom the team up of hawkeye and ant-man um shooting on the arrow and turning into giant man straight out of marvel versus capcom but anyways um great stuff there um yeah i love when he first turns into giant man and he just has that like oh yes <laughs> he's just like he's so thrilled about it it was like, almost in line <laughs> with the audience because all my friends were like whoa shit exactly and he does it almost in unison it's so brilliant yeah um, he's just like so enamored and so excited to be finally doing this <laughs> like it's so great oh god i think he, he did have the best showing objectively i might barely give it to spider-man but in terms of who I enjoyed watching and why he's the reason I'm buying the Blu-ray on day one. Like, Oh my God. So good. And, and there's so many subtleties, just so many brilliant subtleties because I, I mean, when he gives the shield back to captain America, he says, I believe this is yours. Captain America. Exactly. He calls them by their full name. Yeah. He has no idea who the fuck these people, he knows of them, but he knows he of some of them and he calls before. Hawkeye arrow guy. <laughs> It's so perfect, and then I love the quip with him and Tony Stark, where he's the he's in the incarcerated prison, and Tony Stark he starts quipping Tony Stark. He starts throwing out like quips and and burns, and then Tony Stark's just like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> oh god, um, so many things. I mean, now I'm not even done with Ant Man. Honestly, I can go on forever, but just um, and little again, little things like when Spider Man steals the shield, and he cues Ant Man. And he flip kicks Spider Man. Like I didn't see that coming. Like no, was... I didn't see that either. Yeah. And in the trailer, I was like, "How does Captain America get the shield back?" Like I, I genuinely thought about because you don't just get things back from Spider Man. That's not a thing that just happens. Not casually. Yeah, he's got um, sticky fingers. He does. No, they're very strong. 
So, yeah, Ant-Man fucking killed it. They're, they're, the whole Black Panther I don't care thing is now a meme. Um, that was very well done with his dialogue with Hawkeye. Uh, so, yeah, just a really good scene, really good action. Um, again, the things, the, if I had to criticize anything, I hate to throw him under the bus again, but Vision. Vision accidentally blew a hole in Rhodes and sent him 2,000 feet plumbing to the ground. Like, I semi lived. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry, children. He's just paralyzed. He'll just never walk again. He'll be okay, everyone. <laughs> he just fell out of the sky. I did like how Tony Stark blasted Falcon when he was like, oh, Tony, I'm so sorry. It was another dick move, though. It's like it's not even his fault. Vision shot. Makes sense. Vision like, yeah. shot at Falcon. Falcon dodges it naturally and, and hits Rhodes and he's like, how dare you move out of the way, you asshole. At the very least, he didn't propulsor blast him 25 years later, so at least it kind of Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, very good stuff. Very good action. I loved all the fighting. I love Captain America fighting Spider-Man. That was very well done. Um, I, I, Hawk, I'm trying to think Hawkeye had some good moments, but there's so much shit going down, it's hard to grasp anything specifically. Yeah. Um, I, you know, for a quick comic comparison, I would have liked it a little better if Spider-Man instead of Black Widow was the one who defected, but I, I know why they didn't do it. That's absolutely fair that they, that they didn't take that route. There was no time. There was just no time. And the chemistry between Robert Downey Jr. and the new Spider-Man is so good that I almost think it's a fair trade now that Iron Man's in Homecoming. I'm really looking forward to seeing those two interact. They're so oh, good is he in that other. movie? Iron Man is confirmed for Homecoming, Oh, yes. nice. Interesting. Um, yeah, and also the defection with Spider-Man just wouldn't have worked. I mean, in the comics, they build it up in a specific way that it makes sense why he switches sides. In here, there is really none, because why would he switch sides? They're all fighting. As far as he's concerned, he's on the right side. Um, in the comics, there's certain events that take place where he realizes this is fucked up. I need to get the hell out of here. I'm going to fight for the other team now because this is not right. Whereas in the movie, there's nothing. I mean, there's still the incarcerated prison, but in the movie, they make it seem like Tony Stark had no idea about that. In the comics... Tony like does he, know he, like, about it. it. Yes, like, like, he actually went to the blueprints and turned them and in. And that's like, where, yeah, and that's where it's different because that's a huge leading factor of why Spider-Man defects is because you're incarcerating these people. That's not right. Whereas in the movie, Tony kind of plays innocent to that whole factor, and it and, and eventually breaks him out. You know, so or he doesn't break him out. That's um, Captain America does that. But either way, yeah, he's. He plays innocent to the knowledge of that existing to start with. But anyways, yeah, so it didn't really it wouldn't have made sense. It would have taken too long to build up to. But it, whereas Black Widow just had that built in because she was always more with Captain Iron Man to begin with. She's always been on Cap's side in the movies in that regard, at least. I mean, even though she started out in Iron Man 2, she was just there to check up on him anyway. She was there to oversee Tony Stark. She wasn't really there to be yeah. buddy buddy, but um. So they never know. had good chemistry. Scar uh, Scarlet. Black Widow and Iron Man have never... The way the movies are written, they've never really had interesting interactions. And it's not the actresses or the actors' fault. It's just... Uh, they're, they're not put in situations where they can have meaningful dialogue. Right. It, it, they're very business... Even Iron Man 2, when she debuted. Very businessy, not a lot of talking. You know, very 
down to the page about what's going on. Sure. And that just doesn't make for great relationships. So yeah, she has a never... natural chemistry with Hawkeye and all that. So it's good. Yeah, well, in Winter Soldier especially, like, it's it's almost weird they didn't go down a love interest route with her. Well, it's not weird because she's a, she's the Black Widow. Right. You know, she doesn't really have any love interest that's going to have any long They were saving people. it for Hulk. Because <laughs> that works. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I like the moment where her and Hawkeye are like fighting or about to fight and they're like <laughs> we're still friends right <laughs> depends how hard you hit me <laughs> and i just thought that was good like because they I had to Wanda they needed to address that, that they needed to address that because why are these two like best friends fighting each other all of a sudden over something that just <laughs> happened like two days ago <laughs> and scarlet which is like you were pulling your punches yes. i thought that was really good yeah. shit too yeah definitely. Um, <laughs> she had a good showing not not top three material but i'd put her it was definitely better seeing her this time around. She she easily, I mean, I don't know where I'd put her, but I thought I did enjoy her showing this time. Well, I was hoping it would be like uh, Avengers, you know, where we introduce these characters in kind of their own environment, and then everyone just kicks ass in the next movie. I was hoping both Scarlet Witch and Vision would have just now that they've been developed, now they've been established, have them shine. Right. And I really don't feel like they did that with either character, especially Vision. So. Yeah, come Infinity War. Yeah, no, go ahead. Well, come Infinity War. They need to up it like eleven. Yeah, he needs he needs his time to shine because it. I mean, he's had his time to shine in a sense where he's always that character that seems to get like five minutes to do really cool shit and then that's it. But they need him to be more of a prominent figure in the group, in my opinion. I mean. Vision's kind of like, I don't see him as like a Sub-Zero or a Liu Kang, so to speak. He's not going to be the centerpiece, I don't think, ever. But I think he should at least get the status of, he needs to get at least five more minutes. He needs to get twice as much action as he's getting, and twice as much importance as he's getting. Because he really did, in, in Avengers 2, yeah, he only had those few moments there at the end. And then in here, he only had... Again, he was just a background character, so I definitely agree. He needs that Ant-Man performance. He needs that Spider-Man performance. My God, yes. This was not the movie to make him a jobber. I mean, because with all the other characters, we had their introduction, and then the next movie, we had all their good qualities just really come out, and the audience was just able to just immerse themselves in that and just bathe in all the greatness that is Iron Man. The audience can never do that now with Vision. He was introduced for like 20 minutes in Age of Ultron, and now he's a douchebag. I don't... If you were trying to sell the audience on Vision... Well, let's face it. We kind of need to do that. Most people who don't read comics aren't probably familiar with Vision. This was not the way to do it. I think he needed a much better showing, in my opinion. And even Scarlet Witch, very good. I still think we could have used a little yes, more. Yes, I agree that we could have used more. She didn't get the Ant-Man or... And that's why I said I wouldn't put her in top three. Maybe not even top five. She... If I had to say, like, percentage-wise, Vision got, like let's say 40% of what he should have got, whereas she got maybe 75% of what she should have got. So it's something like that. She definitely got more than him, but we definitely need to see more from the both of them. And I'm hoping they're building up to that because in the comics, spoilers, they're a couple. So I'm hoping they're going to fucking play up that storyline, which will give them both a lot more story, story time. And, and God, she's so into that performance too. When she's doing her, uh, her telekinesis, she does like the witchy hand movements. Right. She does this like little like it's very 1960s cool, yeah. like hippie dance. It's it's really badass. she's very yeah, she's very different from everyone else, which 
obviously Doctor Strange will probably dampen that a little bit just because he is also a sorcerer and magician, you know, magic user as she is. But I definitely, yeah, I, I want to see more of her. Um, and yeah, Vision did get kind of like I, he had a couple good moments. He he had the moment where he went through Giant Man. <laughs> he just went through him, and then Ant Man's <laughs> like, oh, he just flew into me. <laughs> he, he had that moment which was really cool and then he had a couple other ones he, all the times where he'd go through a wall and they're like you need to stop doing that or just take the door please and so there <laughs> he was a point the door was open so. there were yeah there was those moments but yeah he didn't really he also got kind of punked out by scarlet witch unfortunately <laughs> she just fucking shut him down immediately <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that that fits though i think that's a. Uh... That makes sense. She's a very, very, very powerful character. Oh, so. she's insanely powerful. If you ever read The House of M, oof. I'm going to. It's on my list. All the Shadowloo sent me a link with all the X-Men comics I need to read, right. so I'm going to get on that probably in a couple of months after I get a little further in Strange. Yeah, so, yeah, how that comic ends definitely shows you her power. But um, anyways, uh, moving on, other characters. I mean, Cap, Cap and Winter Soldier were both really good in this movie, too. I liked both of them. Um, it's strange that they called... I mean, it was a Captain America movie because he did... A lot of it was based on his relationship with the Winter Soldier. I mean, that's what the main focus was for the most part. And then the whole battle between sides, of course. But you were following him around for the most part. You weren't really following others around throughout the movie. So it made sense. Um, so I thought he had a great showing. Not as great as, you know, his individual films, but what do you expect? But him and uh, Winter Soldier had some really good team-up stuff, I thought. I like their fight where they're throwing in flashbangs, and he's throwing the shield down on it, and then that kind of whole thing between them when they're fighting, when he's first trying to get him to come to, you know, his senses or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, good stuff. Good stuff from all the characters for varying degrees. Um, trying to think if there's anybody we're leaving out character-wise. Falcon was okay. I mean, I don't really... I'm not a big fan of Falcon as a character, so I'm not, like, let down if he doesn't have enough showing. <laughs> I thought he was actually... This is probably the best we've seen him. Like, I really like his fighting style. I think him and Captain America have a really good buddy-buddy thing going, and I think it's yeah, always really fun to definitely. watch those two together. Yeah, they're definitely partners, like, in the comics. Um, if you want to talk about bad showings, fucking Peggy. Peggy, Peggy... Carter? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Um, well, again, just it, it just hurts the movie's pacing. Why did she have to die now? Like, it just, the movie just stops when shit like that happens, so. I, I thought it served a good purpose. I agree, but I also disagree. I agree in the sense that, man, this could have been much more impactful if it was just in Cap's next movie, if he gets another movie. If it was in, like, Captain America 4, that would be a great thing to just have as in a very emotional moment. But in this movie, it didn't go without purpose. It was kind of like the whole funeral scene when Sharon Carter got up to um, give her little eulogy. And it was her speech that really solidified Cap's opinion on being anti-registration. So, I mean, it served its purpose that when she died and Sharon's basically giving that whole eulogy, you see, if you listen to her words, it's basically just reaffirming Cap's beliefs which he was kind of struggling at that point. He was, you know, he was anti-registration, but he was thinking about giving in or maybe I should just give in type of thing. And it was her words that solidified that. So, I mean, it still had a an impact in... It's not like it was just, hey, guys, I got to go to this funeral. <laughs> he goes to the funeral and he's like, all right, show's on. Let's go back. All right, game on. 
anyways, about this registration stuff. It wasn't like that, but it was. It had its moment, but I agree. It didn't. It could have been a much more important moment if it was in its own thing and one of where there wasn't so much going on. Precisely. I think if it had been the only stop sign in this movie, I think it would have worked a lot better. Um, but even the Sharon Carter stuff, like when I mean, granted, it it led into one of the funniest parts of the movie. But when him and Sharon Carter are having their kissing scene, they're fucking. They spend like three minutes building up to it. It's just another stop sign. Now, granted, the whole fucking thumbs up from Bucky and Falcon was was hilarious. Yeah, but, no, that part was tremendous. But yeah, it's just like, oh my gosh, a love story and a funeral and a Russian dude who we don't really know what's about till like the seventy-five minute mark. It just it became too much after a while. Well, there was a shitload packed into this movie. Yeah, this it was movie. a Captain America movie. And like an Avenger movie in one, <laughs> like they really, time. they really did try and interweave it to be Captain America with Avengers type movie. So it was definitely a lot to, a lot to get across in one movie. Yeah, it was like a flamingon covered in hot dogs. Nothing bad, just sometimes it's too much, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's a little too much. But all right, uh, anything else you specifically wanted to mention? Um. Not really. Uh, the main three points I wanted to mention were I didn't like I didn't like the plot twist. I didn't like I didn't like the the reason behind the fight. Right. I, I'm Team Cap. Wanted to cover that airport. We covered. Good to hear. Uh, Good to hear. Glad you have a conscience and a, <laughs> and a brain. Was anybody in the other Damn. one? Is the, anybody in the other one uh, pro oh, no. Iron Man? Um, they were either Team Cap or they were on the fence. Because okay. uh, I think Django didn't make a case for Iron Man, but he made a case for Rhodey. Um, he's like he understood because I was kind of seeing how how well, I was. Rhodey makes Rody. sense, yeah. Rhodey kind of. But at makes the very sense. end, after he's handicapped, he's like, "I still feel like I did it for the right reasons," and that's after Ross almost put Iron Man in jail. So I'm thinking, really, Rhodey, really? And he said, "Well, you gotta see it through his perspective," and he kind of explained how this is a military, this is an air force. Yes, soldier. yeah, exactly. Got that's that why. Perspective. And Jane goes right about that. He makes sense, yeah. That that for him to be on that side makes sense he is the government i mean he's a government through and through type of soldier like you said he's all about that he was always about telling tony to tone it down and blah 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 and you need to keep things under control just wait for our lead type of thing so he was definitely that type of person so it makes sense that he would be pro-registration i really miss iron man one roadie because i feel like that's when all that mattered i feel like yeah. once once Cheadle came along it was just like they were beer buddies and we never really got that clash of i'm a playboy who does whatever the fuck he wants and oh well, i'm a, a u.s government military official and i gotta play by the rules and then the antics ensue like that was a lot of fun in iron man one yeah don, never saw it again right yeah don Cheadle's good as him but yeah i really like terrence howard as him and i really wanted to see that go like to i want to see that built you know go through with that it's unfortunate. Cheadle also they... looks old, man. Cheadle is looking really does. bad. He looks like he's sick, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I hope he's okay. Dear God. I was like sick Ethiopian. <laughs> I, mean, oh, just, God. I, I, I wish him well is what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. He, he just... looks he looks like flavor play. <laughs> <laughs> his <laughs> flavor flavor is his stunt devil <laughs> all right um let's bring in the summer yeah boy <laughs> i can see war machine wearing a giant fucking clock around his neck that'd be sick i would be against that okay um anyways <laughs> dear God. well that was incredibly 
<laughs> it reminds me of the. It reminds me of. Uh, I think it was Flavor Flav. Yeah, it was Flavor Flav's roast, Comedy Central roast, where. I don't remember who said it. It might have been Greg Giraldo. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, oh, yeah, man. That guy will be missed. It might have been him. I can't remember, so I might be misremembering a long time ago. But somebody said Flavor Flav looked like a skeleton wrapped in black electrical tape. <laughs> 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 I just thought that was great. Anyways. I, I just want to say, like, this has nothing to do with anything, but it really sucks that Greg Giraldo passed when he did, because I feel like he's been kind of forgotten. It, it sucks that Mitch Hedberg went out, but when Mitch Hedberg, Hedberg went out, he had been kind of immortalized, and I feel like Greg Giraldo's been lost in the archives, and I find that super sad, because he was so talented. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so we covered all those points. Um, covered the movie. Final thoughts. I give it a... Uh, let's say... I don't want to do nine or nine point five. I, I don't know if that's what we've been doing. I think that's what we, I think we should just stick with letters with pluses or minuses. It's easier. Um, yep, that works. I'll do an A minus. I'll do an A minus. It's good. It's between a B plus and an A minus. Honestly, for me, I'll be generous and say A minus. Uh, without the airport scene, I would say a B minus with the airport scene, which is just in terms of cinema, just one of the, the the most fun I've ever had in theaters. I don't think I'll ever get tired of that scene. I'm going to give it an A minus as well. I, I think um, the movie's good without it. Don't get me wrong. This movie doesn't ride on the airport scene. Sure. But you're, I don't think I'll ever have that much fun in a theater for maybe years to come. Hopefully Infinity War will prove me wrong. But there's, I don't think anything's going to top that. And um, and that's a big part of the movie. And that's what the movie was leading up to. Right. So that was definitely kind of the... It, it, I wouldn't... Honestly, if that was the climax of the film, that that would probably be better, honestly. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like I said, I would have written Zemo out and still used him, but in a different capacity, man. And right. um, I, I, I do want to take a quick moment to say how bummed I was that Doctor Strange didn't make a cameo in this movie. I was really hoping when Tony was going to see Peter Parker, he was actually talking about uh, Doctor Strange and Greenwich. Sure. But, and I thought they were going to do the comic thing where he's like, well, are you going to join us? And Doctor Strange was like, fuck no. And he's going to say, well, at the very least, can you stay neutral? And Doctor Change, Doctor Change, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Doctor Strange too. reluctantly agrees. Beautifully, and I thought that would have been interesting. All that stuff. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you there. They should have hinted a little bit more. They've only like hinted him, hinted at him once during this whole thing, and that was very brief. Uh, Captain America. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Um, and if any character needs setup, it's fucking Doctor Strange. I still don't know if audiences are ready for Strange because at least we had Paul Rudd for Ant Man. So yeah, I mean he's he's got that lovable charm to him and his humor. Doctor Strange is going to be a bit different, but then again, Scarlet Witch is kind of the same thing. She's very. I could see a lot of people not being interested in her just because she, her personality. When you like her personality is good, but when you compare them to the strong personalities of like Iron Man, Spider Man. Even Captain America, Hawkeye, and all those, it's like, man, she is fighting in a, she's swimming in a pool filled with sharks, and in, in terms of, like, trying to stand out, she has the whole magic thing, but if Doctor Strange jumps in, now there are two people fighting for that magic yeah. thing, <laughs> so that's gonna be interesting, um, let's see, uh, yeah, I just see the X-Men Apocalypse current Rotten Tomato score, you're definitely closer, um, <clears throat> anyways, not to spoil that. Because that'll be our next episode is when we get to review that. But anyways, um, 
All right, well, let's jump into the comic then. So we both gave it an A minus, and then let's go over the comics. Um, I don't know how much you want to cover. I kind of just want to hit the main notes of it. Um, well, I should probably give a disclaimer here. I've read the Civil War, the volume, and I've read Civil War Captain America. Okay. So, so there's a lot of Civil War stuff I have not read. I've read the the nucleus of it. Sure. But like, um, just real quick, spoilers. You guys, you guys know the drill. Everything's gonna have spoilers. Right. Everything yeah. except Hush is gonna have spoilers. We'll warn you when there's not spoilers. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> but um, Captain America dying never happened when I read the comics. So there's gotta be something I haven't read yet. What I read was up to the end of the Civil War right. and Captain America concedes. That's what I end. The additional Nick Fury stuff with Captain America, which Captain America is not in his own solo comic very much, ironically, but weird. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah, because I, I mean, I read it a while ago, so now I just brushed up on it just before since we obviously delayed recording this for a while. I brushed up on it on the Wikipedia just to remember everything. And the Captain America part, I'm not sure what comic that is, because I, I don't remember ever reading that either, and I'm not sure what what that's included it's definitely not the main story but i don't remember he i know how he dies but i don't remember what it's from so yeah i'll have to maybe figure that out sometime but um, oh, i'm sorry we gotta rewind there's something really big we forgot to talk about nope crossbones no i'm just kidding. okay crossbones yeah <laughs> dude so good so mad they killed him so mad he was so awesome just oh man stole the show and he's gone forever so that's all just wanted yeah, to say that short-lived i don't it sucks that he had to be the one that died. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't have just had him get away and have the... Or just him thrown in jail. He didn't even have to get away. He could have been just thrown in prison and had somebody else be the one that takes the suicidal kamikaze. You know? Like... Because I'm a big fan of throw the criminals in prison rather than kill them off in a movie because, much like the comics, these characters live on to fight other battles... And even if he just makes like a scarecrow appearance, like in the Dark Knight, you know, I like that type of stuff. That was my favorite. Well, it's not my favorite, but I love those things in the Dark Knight movies. And I've said this before. I like how Scarecrow was in every single one of them. He's one of the main villains in the first one. He was a cameo at the beginning in the second one, a decent cameo. And then the third one, he's an even better cameo that just comes out of nowhere. So why can't we have our villains make it to more movies? <laughs> like I, I hate the one and done mentality. Cause I don't feel like, I feel like that's doing a disservice. Cause especially when they're not the main villain of the movie, if it's one and done and they're the main villain of the movie. But I mean, there's a reason why Loki's gotten so popular. It's because he's been in several films. He's gotten plenty of time to shine. So, and win people over. So I, I feel like when you just get rid of crossbones that quickly, nobody really knows who the hell that even was. Nobody even referred to him, I don't think, as Crossbones, I don't think. So it's just like, well, there's that guy in that mask. Okay. Nobody really cares. Because he's the most charismatic villain we've had since Loki, in my opinion. No villains really kind of matched up to him, and I think we finally had a contender, and and he's gone. Yep, gone. All gone. Um, Literally. That is the... I mean, we've been over that before, but they're definitely that is the that's the weak point of Marvel films is the villains to a degree. Not all the time, obviously. Loki's really good, and um, there's been others that have been okay, but um, they don't quite have that Joker or that Bane type from like the Dark Knight movies. They don't really have that punch that you're gonna see on T-shirts. You're not gonna see any t-shirts walking through walmart with crossbones on them i don't think <laughs> At least unfortunately unfortunately which is a shame because 
not that I care about their marketing appeal, but I mean, the more you get these characters out into the public, the more people are going to really start digging them and the more it raises their stock within the company. So are within like the fandom. So if Crossbones was ever going to raise from a D list villain to a B list villain, he needs that. He needs to be shown in the movies prominently. And when you just kill him off, well, that kind of, that's the end of that. And that's unfortunate. Dude, if they make a shirt that has Crossbones on it and the caption says, never forget, I will buy that <laughs> shirt so fucking quickly. Oh man. Just, oh, but yeah, like I said, heartbreaking. So yeah, that's the disappointment. I want to see more Jokers and Banes and stuff like that because villains are cool too. Villains are just as interesting. Like in Magneto's case or Dr. Doom and stuff like they need to be prominently featured in their movies. Magneto has been obviously prominently featured in his movies or in the X-Men films, but regardless, anyways, um, let's hope they don't fuck up apocalypse. Speaking of which, uh, but anyways, okay, so let's jump into the comic here. Um, okay, I might jump around a little bit because, like I said, I'm trying to refresh my memory, but I do know one thing right off the bat is, I mentioned it before, I kind of alluded to it, is the setup in the comics I feel like is a lot better at explaining why these guys are in a pro-registration versus anti-registration type of thing. And I've actually been playing through... I started playing through yesterday... Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 and that is based on the Civil War storyline as well although I think it has it plays out differently but it hits a lot of the same beats and the the war itself or whatever has the same be- like thing that starts it and that's Nitro basically blowing himself up right next to a school and basically killing hundreds of people including a ton of kids and whatnot um that's a good starter. <laughs> like in the middle of a city district, it's blowing high scale up. For sure. Yeah, and it's and it only happened because of them. You know, the heroes trying to do what they were doing when they didn't really need to in that particular case, and they kind of pushed the villain to a point where he made a point and just killed a bunch of people. And it's like that made way more sense than Scarlet Witch accidentally throwing somebody into a building that killed like a cup, you know, eleven people or whatever and injuring 20 more and she was just trying to get him away from killing other people that were already going to be dead anyway so it was a lose-lose situation there unless she you know aimed correctly but i mean <laughs> i don't know so it's I, an explosion I, you know you put an explosion in a three feet radius it shit happens yeah. <laughs> so yeah the the start of the war i thought and it was built up over a lot of different instances that i thought just added more credence to why these people were going the way they were going so i thought right off the bat i thought it was done better in that fashion um what do you think um it, it's sort of split because i do like the scale bit be- be- better because they basically destroy a bunch of children like thousands of children at school um so yeah that in terms of politicians our politicians love their children so yeah it, it definitely is a better catalyst I do think in the comic the reality TV angle is a little uncomfortable. I think it, it semi-works, um, especially if you're a new comic reader and you don't know who these names are. Like, um, and may- Maybe they were made up for the comic. I don't know. But yeah, the reality TV thing is kind of strange. And I knew about that going in. I'm like, how are they going to do that? And it's p- pretty much what I expected. Um, but in terms of creating a political uproar, because in the movie you don't really get a sense that sense that the people give a shit, or even that the people know about the you know the accords, like the public don't really have a voice in this movie for better or worse. Sure. 
comics are not like that. The comics are like people don't feel safe. And the people are the ones they're not they don't pull the strings, but they're definitely the gasoline of the situation. And that's what raises the scope so much. So in many ways it is better. Yeah, that's it's forcing the government rather than the government being like all right, we think you're out of line. It's more like the people's demanding that something be done and the government's just, they have to do something because they can't ignore that. So it makes sense to that regard. And um, the reality TV angle, yeah, was weird, but that's also showing that they weren't taking things seriously to a point that they should have. They kind of treated it like a game, so to speak. You should That should not be a real. This isn't cops. You know, this this is a little bit more at stake than cops. They're just trying to get some action for the reality TV and that shit happens. Like, that was a serious moment, whereas, yeah, you didn't quite have that in the other one. But anyways, going on. Well, well you are right that it does show that the superheroes were a problem. They were right. a problem that exactly. didn't need solving. Exactly. And whether the government needed to do it or whether, you know, the Avengers themselves need to do it, you're right. That's addressed much better in the comics. Right. So, yeah. And then, and then we carry on. Um. Let's see, what was the next major points? I mean, obviously you get to the point where they're actually starting to enact that and Tony is pro and Cap is against. Um, same thing. I mean, they like I said, it's the same overall story. The movie obviously handled it much differently with a different setup. But the And then um, the, the the one big difference is in the comics, the they are wanting them to register and basically show their identities um, to the point where that's part of what the superheroes like cap and them aren't okay with they're not wanting their personal lives brought into it they want that secret still there um they want that kind of a job versus personal life and i don't feel like the movie really addressed that at all i mean not i don't think they did at all i don't know it was hard because the only one who had a secret identity was peter parker yeah (laughs) i mean and he's the one that (laughs) fucking sacrificed it which was also another dick tony (laughs) (laughs) spider-man you should just show everybody who you are okay sure no but yeah no it's just like fucking like spider-man like but i mean that's that's a constant thing with spider-man is he does not show his identity that's kind of a big thing to him so that was kind of a big moment in the comics for him to with gwen stacy i wouldn't either like after that holy shit yeah so but yeah so that's a big moment is with peter parker choosing to side with registration and give up his identity was obviously a huge moment in the comics, but well, it's, I mean, we've kind of discussed it, but let's talk about just how bad Iron Man got. We, we alluded to it before, but I mean, it gets to a point basically where he, he is the one wanting to incarcerate these superheroes on like, what the hell did they call that? Um, have like a number. It's prison 42. Pretty prison 42. I believe. That's right. Um, yeah, and he's just like, that's not okay. And it wasn't okay in the movie either. It's really fucked up. But in, yeah, in Scarlet here, Witch is a shock collar on. Yeah, yeah I mean, treated like an animal. That's like, that. that's disturbing. I, yeah, glad you reminded me of that because that's fucking, yeah, that's shitty. And, um, but yeah, in the comics, like, that's just. That's not okay, and obviously that plays a big factor into what we were talking about with Spider-Man defecting is it was the prison thing that was really kind of a big thing for Spider-Man that that's not okay, and I think that had so much... Because Black Widow defecting in the movie, 
didn't really have much of an impact. You're kind of like, okay, this makes sense that she's siding with Cap. Like, why didn't she side with Cap to begin with? This makes sense. Even when she defects, it's more like, well, I know you're not going to stop, so I might as well. There's no punch behind it. Yeah, there's no, like, turning point with her. It's just kind of like, okay, I guess I'm not going to stop you. She pulled a Batman and Batman Begins. (laughs) I I can't kill you, but I don't have to stop you. Or I don't have to save you. But anyways, she doesn't have to stop him, so then she just fucking lets him go. But in the comics, Spider-Man turning sides after he gave up his identity already, that is a huge thing. Because he gave up probably the thing that he fought hardest to keep secret. And he's already given that up, and now he's realizing he's fighting for the wrong side. Like, talk about <laughs> talk about what a bummer that is. Like, jeez. He, he was my favorite. Well, yeah, he was my favorite character in the comics. Um, yeah, he's great. Personally, I think the person who had the best showing in the Civil War comic was the Punisher, actually. I really, really liked his scenes a lot. Um, he's the one who saved Spider-Man after Spider-Man right. gets the ever-loving shit beaten out of him um, by by the by the supervillains who are now working for the government and Tony Stark, yep. which is just awful. Yep, yep. It just gets worse. Like, I mean, they really make Iron Man out to be, like, the giantest douche. Well, it's because the biggest difference between Iron Man, movie Iron Man and comic Iron Man in Civil War is that comic iron man is remorseless like at the very end of the comic he's explained to the mother of the uh, the child victim that the reason we call it prison 42 is because it was number 42 on a list of great ideas i had and i'm like that is so fucked up and it just after after a uh, fake abomination thor kills goliath tony stark is like whoops well that wasn't intended at least reed richards had some sort of a uh, remorse yeah Yeah, she was like taking painkiller because he felt so horrible about the situation but uh reed richards had a good showing too i think he was the best on the side of iron man but uh yeah just tony stark just had a shit-eating grin the whole comic and all this horrible horrible stuff is happening at least captain america is showing this reluctance this pain i don't want to fight my friends tony stark is like fuck you i'm right here's my cigar like that's the whole (laughs) here's my cigar it's bad. It's really bad. So, yeah. All right. Um, continuing on, you you touched upon the clone of Thor thing and him killing Goliath and that whole ordeal. And then, like, they fix him, but then like they keep they keep working with the like the fucking clone on their side. <laughs> it's just like what the hell? These people do not learn. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it all comes to a head, and after all of that, because I mean that's kind of the big thing is Goliath dies. Um, Peter Parker gives up his identity, then switches sides back to, um, or switches sides to go with Cap. Um, trying to think, and then it all ends up with um, Iron Man wins in the end. I'm trying to remember how that happened. Well, Captain America. Oh just yeah, he, the yeah, he gives up. Yeah, that's right. Damage. Yeah, he surrenders. He because he has a conscience. <laughs> he's just like, it's not worth it. His exact words are, he said, like, we may be winning the war, but we're losing the argument. And that's when he looks at all the people who are injured and all the buildings falling apart. Right. And, and it ends with him in a prison cell. And, yeah, Tony Stark, it, I think, to be fair, he did have some good moments in the final battle with Captain America. I can't remember them now, but I, there was some good dialogue where... The old Tony kind of comes out a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. I also, uh, we should also mention the the leftover mutants. Um, they're the they're uh, pretty much 
neutral, so they've they've just want to stay the hell out of it, <laughs> which I can appreciate. Not yet. Wolverine's there, but he doesn't do a whole lot. Right. Um, I mean, that goes for a lot of people, but like characters who don't do a whole lot, who still had a very interesting presence, was someone like Daredevil. I thought was very well done in the comic, and there's this great scene in the comic where the Accords have gone through. And they all have to get day jobs while they're disguised and not being superheroes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Captain America puts on a fake mustache and becomes a security guard. <laughs> I think um, I think Daredevil becomes like a like a like a computer engineer. He's got the glasses and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. I, someone got the shit under the stick. I'm trying to remember which superhero was it. Uh, he wanted like a or something. I don't know. I can't. Man, it's hard. Um, I can't even bust out the comics. I have to t- turn my iPad my iPad off every time we do the podcast because if I silence my phone, my iPad still rings. So I can't even fucking check. But it was funny. It was a good scene, and there's a lot of subtleties like that that unfortunately can't make it into the movie. Right. But it really makes it feel like everyone's affected. Which yeah, some, and that's one really, thing. Yeah, that's one thing the movie unfortunately couldn't have is you get that feeling that everybody's being affected there's so many superheroes at play and you really get a sense that it's a war with the with a movie he only really had like five superheroes on each side <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this is like a family dispute this isn't really a war yeah i mean you have... Ant-Man didn't even know what was going on until they like <laughs> yeah. woke up in the van yeah, yeah. exactly ant-man just got dragged into it it looked like and Spider-Man didn't know what the hell he was fighting for. He was just there to look cool. <laughs> Ant-Man looks like he got kidnapped. Like <laughs> he did. He, he had no clue what the hell was going on. That was, yes, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> See, I expect I didn't expect him to just be sleeping in the van. I expected him to like hop down in his little miniature form. Like and then them not like know what the hell like they didn't see anything at first and then he appears, but I like the fact that he's just like passed out in a van and like he's just being led to like a fucking hideout. They couldn't have made it better. I love it. And yeah, Paul Rudd is for like the perfect person for that character. So I, I hope that continues into the future because that was tremendous. Um, trying to think. Okay, back to the comic. Okay, uh, one other things are worth noting. Well, I mean, employing supervillains is a big mark against the the legislation. Like. I think uh, Bullseye and a couple of others who I didn't recognize. But Bullseye is the one that stuck out to me because I've been reading a lot of Daredevil lately. Right. And um, that's just – granted, I think they're – I don't know if they're color controlled. But the fact is all whether they're under control or not under control doesn't change the fact that they beat the fuck out of Spider-Man because Tony Stark told them to. Right. And yeah, just uh, – both the movie and the comics don't really make it even-sided, in my opinion. I think the movie tries a lot harder, a lot harder, but doesn't really ultimately succeed, which is fine. I don't, honestly, I don't fucking need it to be even-sided. I don't need both sides to be equally represented, because for one reason, you can't. You know, I mean, logic is logic at the end of the day. One side is probably is just going to make more sense, but I don't mind having Cap being the hero. That does not bother me. I don't need Tony Stark to be shoehorned to the hero role if I don't agree with him. So I think that's okay. Yeah, I was so happy they didn't do that. I remember saying way back when, when the first trailer came out, I was saying, man, I really hope they do not make Tony Stark like the nice one in this scenario because 
I mean, everybody loves Iron Man these days because Robert Downey Jr. plays such an entertaining Tony Stark. So many people are Iron Man fans that either weren't fans before, didn't even know he existed or whatever. But now Iron Man could easily be up there in the likes of, I mean, like a Spider-Man or a Batman. I mean, I'm not saying he's above them or even on par, but he's up in their ranks now in terms of popularity because the movies are so good in, in a sense of, he's really just made a splash, especially with the Avengers films. Everybody loves that character in those movies, whether you like the character specifically in the comics or not, you like that character in the movies because he's so damn entertaining and funny that he's gained so much popularity and they had him be the one that made Ultron instead of Ant-Man. I was like, oh, please don't do this. Please don't make it where he's like the good guy (laughs) and Cap is like the one that's just like fucking getting everything wrong and I was just like, oh, I could totally see them do that because Cap, while Cap is popular to comic fans, I don't think he has the he doesn't have the iconic status of a Iron Man at the, at this point right now. He doesn't have the Robert Downey Jr. pull right, right now. Right. Even with this movie and how successful it was, Chris Evans is not Robert Do- Robert Downey Jr. Correct. And I don't think he ever will be, to be honest with you. No, that's I don't okay, think so. But... And the, yeah, that's perfectly fine. You can be, I mean, people like Captain America. He doesn't need to be like the iconic one. So I mean I'm perfectly fine with that as a Cap fan. I'm per- I don't need I don't need him to be Robert Downey Jr. level. And I mean if he it's just not that it's not that type of character where you can be. Captain America is not the people love the sarcastic kind of asshole, but he has a charm to him. That character has way more range and is going to interest a lot more people than the goody goody soldier that you know is just looking to do good. You know. Yeah, it, it, Iron Man's a hard character to relate to. Like, I, I personally can say I don't relate to Iron Man. So if you made him the protagonist, I would think the whole thing would fall apart. The only reason it works in Iron Man 1, 2, we don't need to talk about 3, <laughs> is because he's funny and you agree with his cause. But I don't know anyone like Robert Downey Jr. I don't know billionaires, you know, who fucking are also... Genius engineer. It's not something. Now you can say the flip side. Well, I don't know any super soldiers either. But Cap. I mean, well, you have relatability with Cap. Yes. At least how I relate it with him is because you know, at the end of the day, he's still that kid with a lot of courage, and that you know was never the big kid. He was never the jock. He was just that kid that had a whole lot of courage, a lot of spirit, and a lot of fight in him, and just wanted to do the good thing and give everything he could to it but he just didn't have the body to do it. Not all of us are fucking six foot five and ripped. A lot of us are, you know, five eleven or shorter or, um, not super in shape or not super whatever, you know, and cap is that, that type of guy, because he is the guy that people can relate to that feel like they have the courage to do something, but they're not necessarily the best physical person for the job. And I think that's what, that's how, and cap is loyal. Cap is, He's he's the guy that always gets up and keeps fighting no matter what you know I mean that that's relatable to people I think it's written that way he's written to be you know someone you can meet in the streets Tony Stark is written his personality is designed to be someone who's been affected by years and years of being a celebrity and that's not something I run into every day I don't know celebrities so and so it's just have someone's life affected like by that and to have that shine through their everyday interactions is just not something I can relate to. Well, I still like the character. Sure, But, sure. you know, if you're going to make him stand... If you're going to make him side with the Accords and make him relatable, that's a tall order, in my opinion. Yeah. 
And yeah, so yeah, all together, yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the comic, um, just goes, and then yeah, it ends on that with Cap giving giving himself up just for kind of just to put an end to things because it's getting way out of hand. Um, I mean, that's how the the actual Civil War storyline ends. Um, in terms of, like you said, Cap dying, that's that's I know that's a part of another one. Um, I'm not sure if, for the longest time, I thought Iron Man had something to do with it, and because they have, they they're constantly even even in comics these days, they still have whenever they're around each other, they kind of have that baggage still there between them, that tension between them from all of that that happened. And I'm pretty sure Iron Man had some sort of like indirect or maybe even direct. I don't know. I'd be interested to look into how that happened. But I know Cap gets killed, but I don't think he actually gets killed. He gets paralyzed for a while, but then they obviously change it to where he can be Captain America again. So I don't well, that know. was my next question. I was like, well, so they interact again, but I I, I wasn't sure when Captain America was replaced by Falcon. So I or the Winter. I, I get confused. It's Bucky. Dude, I haven't yeah, read these it, comics, but it's Bucky that replaces him. But yeah, and that's what I was another worried thing I, I had is. And I hope this isn't in the future. I really hope Chris Evans signs on for more movies because this is, I think this or Infinity Part 1 is supposed to be his last movie that he's obligated to. And I hope he signs more because the guy that plays Winter Soldier is like signed on for like nine movies or something ridiculous. And I was just like, <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. That's not even like an exaggeration. That's hilarious. It's literally like nine movies I think I remember reading. And I was just like, oh, please don't replace Chris Evans with that guy. No discredit to Winter Soldier, the dude that plays him. I think he's entertaining. But Chris Evans is Captain America. I would not want to see Bucky Barnes as Captain America. Not not at this point. I I want as much Chris America, Chris Evans, Chris America. <laughs> damn it! It's gonna be hard not to use that as the damn the title of this episode. Chris America. Anyways, we got a whole roster of fucking misspokes. At I this know point, we've got so. a lot of good title options. Um. Anyways, Chris America. I think, I think he about plays. It, I think they thought about I'm, it, I'm but sh- I was, yeah, I, I'm just hoping it's not the case. I, I at least want him to get through Infinity Wars before he, because I'm sure they'll do the death of Captain America storyline at some point, but man, Sevens is good. Uh, I dig it. Well, that's exactly what happened, in my opinion. I, I My speculation is that they thought about putting Bucky at, as the mantle for Captain America, but they, they thought he has to be popular, he has to be well-received enough. So if Bucky fights Thanos, people will will be okay with that. And I don't think they ever reached that that level. I don't think they ever came close to that. So no. any notion of that, they probably bailed on immediately. If you put if you put Bucky Barnes in the Captain America role right now, I feel like the Captain America character loses a lot of his kind of front line important, you know. Number one or two with Iron Man, it's kind of like the Batman and Superman approach where they're the top two of the team. You lose that, I feel like, with Bucky as Cap. I, I just don't see that right now. I you, Chris Evans, the Steve Rogers, I should say, as Captain America just makes sense right now. It just, yeah. Because there's I a do. lot of likability to that character. Right now, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of connection with the Winter Soldier quite yet. One of the reasons I was laughing is when you told me when you told me he was signed on for like nine movies, I was thinking, 
But they just fucking put him in an ice box indefinitely. So <laughs> what the fuck is he going to do? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that's that's gonna be great because I don't know that that's funny to me. That's hilarious. But yeah. at one point, uh, Chris Evans wasn't gonna. Uh, there was like rumors that he wasn't gonna do any more roles and he was just gonna direct. Like he was just he wanted to do directing type stuff. He didn't want to act anymore. But then he he said in some interview that he want. He's fine with keep making Marvel movies like Captain being Captain America because he says he knows he's off like his whole career. He's often so many times when he takes a role, he's always wondering every day on set, is this going to be any good? Is this going to be any good? Whereas as Captain America, he's all the movies so far have been good to great. And whether they be Avengers, Captain America movies or whatever. So he says it's nice knowing just like when you show up, it's going to be great. <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry about that at this That's stage. how the audience feels. That's why I love Marvel movies. I go into the theater and I can just relax because I know I don't have to fucking worry about if I'm going to hate it or not. Even Thor 2 wasn't shit. None of, well, really none of them are that bad. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're dis- well, some of them are uh, disappointing. Iron Man 3 was that bad in my opinion. But it was disappointing. I still think it was an okay movie in terms of entertaining wise. But yeah, I know. Trust me. I'm the one that rants a lot about fucking the Mandarin <laughs> bullshit. Trust me. I, I, when I said villains on t-shirts, Ben Kingsley's Mandarin, I could have seen on fucking merchandise because he had that much charisma to him. He had Joker-like charisma. Maybe not to that same iconic status as the Joker because it's going to be kind of hard to top the Joker at what he does. But, I mean, Loki is not the Joker in terms of charisma, but Loki's fucking Loki. He has his own niche carved out. And I feel like the Mandarin could have been something like that because his lines and the way he delivered them and his appearance, uh, us as Americans and just in general, no matter where you are uh, in a lot of places, terrorism is something you're born to like fear because terrorism has led to a lot of death in a lot of places, whether you live in America, you live in France or fucking England or any of that kind of shit. Terrorism happens and shit happens when that so when you have this terroristic figure as the Mandarin was that worked so effectively as somebody that had just a presence about him. And then when you fuck that up and make it a punchline for a twist, Oh, lost opportunity. And then make Guy Pierce your backup villain. <laughs> which is, oh fuck. But that, anyways, fuck that movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was quality. Okay. I, I st- I'm still too angry to enjoy it. Anything sure. good about that movie doesn't matter. Cause I'm just too fucking upset about it. But yeah, I'll just watch the Mandarin Ooh. propaganda tapes and just masturbate to them. <laughs> what could have been with my own tears? Um, but anyways, um, so overall with the comic, though, uh, pretty good. Um, I definitely, for doing letter ratings for this, I would say it's probably around the same lines. I thought it was entertaining. I don't think it was like a... It wasn't like a long Halloween for me where it's just kind of like I like the more personal tales. This is more of an event tale as you know, it's kind of like the Avengers movies versus which are fun because they're events. You get all the characters interacting versus Captain America Winter Soldier is more of a like a a story driven kind of suspense type tale following a character developing. Um, But for for what it was, I mean, it's entertaining. I thought the story was done well, Um, so I'd probably give it like an A minus as well. I mean. B plus it's probably the same as the movie honestly it's just very well done entertainments and it's fun to see all the characters on on there and how many it's affecting etc but anyways yeah i mean um i would say if an overall score i'd probably give it a little lower i'd give it like a b minus um the real charm of civil war comic to me is that 
you get to see all these heroes have a conversation that's very intriguing, whether you agree, disagree, whatever. That's the fun of it. And I love seeing, you know, Captain America, Daredevil, all chilling out in a diner, wearing fake mustaches. That <laughs> That's fun to me. You know, seeing good people go to jail because Tony Stark is an axle. An axle. Holy shit. Yeah, we are um, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle. It's a, a struggle. Chris America, Axel. <laughs> Beautifee. Beautifee. I don't remember what the other one was that you said, but... Oh, uh, Dr. Change. Dr. Change. <laughs> Dr. Change and Chris America. There's the fucking title. Oh, man. But, yeah, so that that's the real fun of Civil War. And, um, yeah, the movie took a different approach because it had to. And I think the movie overall works better just because <laughs> comics... They they're they're on a schedule, you know. They don't really have time. Like Spider Man's def- defection, I feel like could have been a little more developed, but they're, they're, in a comic book, there's just no time. The movie had a little more time to work with some stuff. At the same time, they had more to work with, so they couldn't get as much done, and they were already overpacked to the brim. So, I think just in terms of the conflict, I was drawn a little more into the movie. But in terms of just like a cocktail party with all your favorite faces, the Civil War comics amazing. Um, it just, I, I feel like it, it just had a few, few blemishes here and there that kind of made it for being solid. And I think, I think Iron Man is both a strength and a weakness when you make him an asshole. It, it, it's a huge double-edged sword. In some ways, it works because it really makes you get behind the main characters. But at the same time, we, we like Tony. In many ways, we miss him when you read Civil War. So Sure. All right. Well, that wraps up the comic. Um so next episode should we well do you want to touch on the new trailer for x-men apocalypse was there a new trailer there was yes and it has a giant fucking spoiler in it <laughs> so oh okay know. the one that was released like a week ago uh some, two weeks maybe yeah yeah weeks two weeks i i didn't know if you were saying like there was another one released like today or yesterday or something yeah um spoilers we'll just say spoilers in this case because i mean it is kind of a spoiler it's in the trailer though but anyways um what that is is they show wolverine's claws yay (laughs) you you already guessed that that was gonna happen they decided to blow their load before the movie could come out and just have it be a surprise and i i'm fine with it i i said i don't want wolverine to be like the guy that takes up you know the spotlight i mean we already have mystique doing that for some reason even though i like mystique i'm not complaining but i just like i want to see everybody get their time obviously you and i both like psylocke quite a bit you and i both like nightcrawler quite a bit we want to see them in this movie quite a bit i'm sure so that's what we're both we're both on the same page of wanting to see a lot of cool shit from them as characters because they're two of our favorite mutants um I want to see Cyclops be actually built up into what he should be and not just like some fucking punchline for Wolverine to pick on. <laughs> like, and he's just like this douche. <laughs> yeah, that it, it, unfortunately, the trailer hasn't really... Yeah, they haven't really shown yeah. anything that gives you any sort of feel of what he's going to be. It's just do, him doing like an eye blast. So who knows? Um, hopefully it's better, though. But um, But yeah, that movie's coming up. We have that. That'll come out before our next episode, so we'll review that next time. And it's only fitting that we um, have that be our next comic, is we'll do something X-Men related, and we brought up House of M. So let's do House of M. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, House of M is good. It's got more characters than just um, 
you know, your typical fare. So you're going to see some good stuff there. Uh, has some good Scarlet Witch Magneto type uh, focus to it. So it's um, it'll be interesting. But um, I, I know I really enjoyed it when I read it. So it'll be fun to revisit. So on that note, we will see you next time. Probably here in... I want to say probably a couple weeks. The movie is not this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday following. So we will probably do either next Thursday or no, not next Thursday, but the Thursday after next Thursday is quite a possibility. I think I should be moved into my new place then. So that should be work out perfectly because I'm doing it on that Wednesday. Anyways, on that note, we will see you next time. For the strip show. Later, guys. For more adventures <laughs> with Dr. Change and Chris America. There you go. <laughs> dun, All right. dun, dun. And have a good one. Laters.